You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. So this morning, as we begin to read in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, you begin to see the Lord talk about movement and force. Listen to what he says. In three different occasions, he says this in verse 12, I press on to attain the divine purpose for our lives. In verse 13, he says we should reach forward to what is ahead and forget about what is behind. Let me just state this, brother and sister. Whether it's been bad stuff that's happened in your past, or it's been stuff where you have seen God do some great things, and you're still hanging on to it. Realize this. You cannot move forward unless while you're anchored to something else. If your idea of what Pentecost is is 20 years ago, it's time to let go of that and keep moving forward in where God wants to be and take it. Why? Because brother and sister, God wants to move you forward. Now, does that mean that you've got to forget everything that God did? No. But what it should do is propel you forward to be able to say, if God did that, guess what? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, let me move forward to see what else God has in store for me. So press forward this morning. Don't put the pause button. Don't hang out. Move forward in Jesus' name. Don't sit back and say, well, this is, you know, this is the way it's always been. Can I be able to tell you something, brother and sister? Just because it's always been there, there's probably a reason that... Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord God. There, if it's always the same thing, that means there's been no progression. Therefore, it is time for us to move Forward in our relationship with God. In verse 14 he says this. Press toward what? The prize of the high calling of God. Understand this. There is a pressing. There is a movement. The Paul the apostles wanted to get the Philippian church. To apply force to their relationship with God. And to move forward. To get things in motion. This morning let me just... Let me just add to the, to the orchestra and to the choir that Paul is leading. Whenever I say, brother and sister, we must move forward into what God wants us to do. It's time that we put our prayer and our living with for what God has called us and put our back into it and begin to push forward and begin to gain momentum into seeing what God wants to do in our lives. This morning... I'm so excited about what God has been doing and what the momentum that we have been beginning to see and God do in different areas and different things in our life. I'm excited about where God is taking us and where God is moving, even if it's just a foot at a time. I'm so thankful for the forward progression that is beginning to happen. And brother and sister, let me share something with you. I am looking for more progression. I'm looking for more forward movement. I'm looking for more. Why? Because, brother and sister, God is a God that wants to push you forward this morning. Let me tell you something. If you're dealing with the same issue that you've always dealt with, 
It's time for you to grow up in the Lord and stop dealing with it and get over it and go on and move on in Jesus' name. It's time, brother and sister, if you're dealing with the same stuff and you're dealing and you're at the same point in your prayer life and you're at the same point of where you've always been, it's time to be able to say, Lord Jesus, I've been praying for 15 minutes for the past 15 years. So, Lord God, I'm going to give you not just 15 minutes. I'm going to give you 30 minutes, Lord. I'm going to push forward to see what you have in my life. I promise you this. As you begin to do those things, what begins to happen is God begins to say, ooh, and you begin to move forward. It begins, momentum begins to be put in your life. And brother and sister, as you begin to move forward in what God wants you to be able to do and begins to move forward, He begins to create new excitement. New revelation begins to stir in your heart. And all of a sudden, God begins to birth new things in your life because of the forward progression that is happening in your life. Understand something, brother and sister. Momentum is an amazing thing. I, I drove, man, I, Lord, I can't tell you how many miles I have drove in the Ozarks. And oh, my God. Oh. Sometimes I feel like that there's not a road that I've not seen in a town that I've not been at in that area. But I'm always freaked out, though, whenever you, uh, you get on these mountains. And as you're driving along, you'll always see these signs that say, you know, there's this one spot on 63. As you're driving through in this pretty mountainous area, just on the other side of Hardy, Arkansas, and it's really just curving and everything, and it's got this deep hill and off to the side, it says, runaway truck ramp. Now, now it's, it, that's kind of, the bad part about it is that during that part in the road, there's only three lanes. You got two lanes that are going up the, up the mountain, and on the other side, you only have one. So if you have a runaway truck that's coming down your rear end, you have one or two things to do. Go faster or get into oncoming traffic, one or the other. Now, brother and sister, understand, why does it have a runaway truck lane where that there's pea gravel and it goes just like this? It goes right down and it has a, te- a steep pitch that you hit that gravel, you dig into the gravel, and then you begin to have momentum or weight beginning to gravity begin to press upon that vehicle that allows it to dig down into the gravel and then begin to go up that allows it to be a force of natural law begin to be pressed against that truck to do what? To stop it. Brunson, let me share some with you. As the truck is coming down, Momentum is pushing that truck to go faster and faster. God is, let me tell you something, if God can be able to move you from point A to point B as quickly as He can, He wants that to happen. Now sometimes A and B is long distance. Sometimes He's got to teach us some stuff. Sometimes He's got to move us through some places where that we got to yield up a little bit. 
Sometimes he has to move us through places that we are, he has to say, okay, 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 slow down. The speed limit is right here. You need to see something. You need to experience something. Now, slow it down as we come down through here. But it's still what? Still momentum pushing us forward and forward and forward and forward. And then, but brother, understand something. There will be moments in our life that the enemy will do exactly what that runaway truck ramp wants to do in our lives. Even as the Lord is pushing us forward in the presence of the Lord. Pushing us forward to be able to excel. To see God do more and more. To do it faster. To do greater in our lives. To begin to completely begin to take speed in our life. And begin to multiply it and multiply it and multiply it in our lives. And to be able to build in us what God wants us to be. And momentum begets momentum. And momentum begets momentum. Second Corinthians says it, it like this in the Apostle Paul when he says, From glory... To glory, we are made into His image. We are in a position where the momentum is pushing us and pushing us. But realize there will be times in our life whenever we may come into a position where it seems like there's forces that are against us that are trying their best to be able to slow us down from ever coming to a position that allows us to move forward. Understand one of the great, and let me just share this with you this morning. Momentum is something that is powerful that happens in a church. It's powerful when it happens in your life. Movement that is being accelerated through force. And it's something that is beautiful that begins to happen. But understand this. There is another force in the, in the world. And that force would love to be able... To begin to try to slow you down from getting to where God has called you. And if He can, He will stop you. Understand this morning, you are in a position, and I, and I want to just give you a, just a dose of spiritual truth if I can for just, a, for just a moment. You will face difficulties as you walk with God. Understand something, some difficulties are going to be, you know, just ordinary life. Okay, it's, it's choices that other people have made that affect you. It's bad choices that you have made. It is things that have happened because the fall of man and sickness has been, you know, has been, uh, has come to a place that it's been introduced into this human frame. There can be issues that arise that are just life. But understand this, there are also issues where the enemy begins to pull up in our lives to be able to slow us down and keep us from achieving what God has in our lives. Now I, I, I tell you, I've been, around, I've been around a lot of different types of Christians. A lot of different types. And the reason why I say types is because there's a lot of different types. I remember there was a, a, a well... There's a Pentecost, lady Pentecostal preacher that I knew. I remember driving with her to be able to go to a meeting. And she, and she left, you know, way late. And I'm riding with her. And she's driving like a, whoo, Lord have mercy. And she would come to a red light and she would go, That devil! That devil's keeping me from church. That devil. And I would say, I was like, uh... Was it the devil that's keeping you from church or that you left 20 minutes late? 
I have seen, and that's the reason why a lot of times whenever you talk to me, I'll go, the devil? Why? Because it is complete, it, it just makes me so funny sometimes to, to be able to see how much that we talk about how the devil's doing something, and sometimes it's just our own choices that we've done in our lives. But understand this, there is an enemy. And if you begin to gain momentum where God is calling you, He will begin to do His best to be able to rise up opposition in your life. But know this, my friends. God is the God in opposition. He is God in opposition this morning. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter your issue, no matter if it's life's ordinary issues or if it's attack of the enemy, understand this. In every case, guess what? God is a God of the opposition, my friend. I want you to turn and listen to this. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12 states this. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will what? Suffer persecution. You begin to push momentum toward where God has called you, the enemy will immediately go, hold up, we can't have that. My Lord, have mercy. Brother Nate, come here. Brother Glenn, come here. Come here, Glenn. Come here, Nate. Come here. Let me share this with you. Now, two weeks ago, they had to cut it out of the podcast because, well... I wasn't explaining what I was doing, so the only thing you hear is me just knocking Glenn across the, 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 uh, the front of the church. But Glenn is somebody that just knows the Lord, okay? And let's just say that, that Nate here is the Lord in the presence of the Lord. And you know what will happen is the Lord is wanting to be able to walk with Glenn and just kind of just push him forward. And he wants him to move forward. And there will be seasons that he wants him to really move. And every step, he may, well, Lord, he may want to be able to push him a little faster and allow momentum. And as God begins to work and God begins to, he gets in his prayer closet. And as he's in his prayer closet, all of a sudden God begins to do more and more in his life. And all of a sudden he begins to say, man, God's talking to me. And so the next day he says, you know what, I was in my prayer closet for 30 minutes. Maybe I may go 35 minutes this morning. And maybe all of a sudden he says, I'm going to get up earlier. Why? Because the Lord is talking to me. And I, all of a sudden momentum is being built in his life. And all of a sudden the Lord is pushing him more and pushing him more and pushing him more and come back this way and pushing him more. And sometimes it's hard to tell where Jesus is going to take you sometimes. But understand this. When the Lord start, or the enemy begins to realize Glenn is moving, you know what he's going to do? As he's beginning to move and all of a sudden he's going to do one of these numbers. Go on, go and go ahead and pull. He's going to start this stuff where he's going to try to be able to pull. He's going to try to be able to try to stop. He'll try to be able to get to that point. They'll try to just kind of just get him to, to hold up. And there will be little things going on in your life. And it just kind of, but the thing is this, the Lord is still wanting to push you on. He's still wanting to be able to press you on. And he's still wanting to come to this place. And what will then begin to happen is this, that you will come in moments in your life that are big, that all of a sudden you'll come up against something. And all of a sudden, it feels like you're in tug of war. Where the Lord is pushing forward and the enemy's like going, uh-uh. 
And so what you've got is this business right here. Back and forth. And you just feel like, what in the world is going on? And I just don't understand. I've got push and tug, and i got all this business, and yet I want to go forward, but yet there's problems that's going on. And all of a sudden, there's resistance. I want you to take your Bibles. Hold just right there for a second. Take your Bibles, brother and sister. And I want you to turn, I want you to look right here at Matthew chapter 16. Look at Matthew chapter 16. I want you to take your eyeballs, and I want you to put on this passage of Scripture for just a moment. Matthew chapter 16. Understand this, the Lord wants you to go forward. But as the Lord wants you to go forward, I do not want you to be caught unaware that as you begin to move forward, I guarantee you, for those of you that's been in the, in the 21 days of fasting and different other things, I will guarantee you there will be moments that will test every bit of you. I've been giving the Lord some, some things and, 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 and some areas and been telling the Lord to, that I was, I was, well, been giving my breakfast time and different other things to the Lord. And, and as I've been doing this, yesterday I was at a pastor's, pastor's convention com, conference there and I was dealing with rural compassion and some different other things. And as I was there, it seemed like everybody in my table Decided that they, I, I'd stayed away from everybody at breakfast and I gave them to the Lord. When I got there, they had donuts, pastries, and all kinds of glorious things that looked so good. And a good friend of mine that had no idea that what I was doing, he kept just taking his and just saying, Here. Kept looking at it, go get me a donut. Oh, why are you being rude? I, no, I don't want to go to the donut table. There's a reason. I was hungry. Understand something. Now, this may be something that's just pretty, you may think it's just kind of just, well, understand something. What has happened in this situation is that here I was being pressed up against something. But it's not, brother and sister, understand something. That may be trivial, but you have a great amount of influence on how that you're going to be able to react to your opposition. I want you to look at this in verse 13. Listen to this. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said to them, who do you say that I am? Let me just stop there for a second. It is not what your wife says. It's not what I say who Christ is. It's not who your Sunday school teacher is. Back in the day, it's not who this person says that he is. Your granny says, your auntie, your uncle, anybody else in your life. Realize this, your spiritual revelation and your spiritual location for eternity it is not determined on your hereditary bloodline let me say that again it is not about who you who your family is it's not about auntie or pastor or whoever your mentor is it is about you this morning 
And if you have a relationship with the Lord, and if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, then you don't have a relationship with the Lord. If you're quoting my auntie, my pastor, my mama, my daddy, this and this and everything else, then what you're saying is this. My daddy has a relationship. My mama has a relationship. My auntie has a relationship. My pastor has a relationship. But Jesus wants to know, do you have a relationship with the Lord? And now we get to this position that Simon Peter, he stands up and he says this, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Realize this, my friend. It's all about spiritual revelation. It is not about how many scriptures you know. It's not about how long you've been in church. It's not about how many days that you've sat on a pew and how many services that you have not missed. It is all about this. Do you know Jesus? And has He come into a place that you know Him as your Lord and your Savior? And has He taken up residence as King of your life? Until he has, it don't matter how much you know about Scripture. It don't matter. Because it won't act in your life. It won't be a catalyst in your life. But what it will do is make it harder for you to get a revelation from the Lord. Why? Because you become used to it. You become... Listen to this. Look at verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. Understand something. He's not talking about Peter. He's not talking about Peter. Follow the conversation that he's having. He is not having it about Peter. Why? Because if he was asking to the disciples, he said, disciples, what do you think about Peter? No, he said, what do you think about me? Peter is not the person that is the center of the conversation. Peter is nothing more than just a, um, just someone that is, a, uh, that is helping move the, the story along. Someone that has had this revelation that Jesus needed to get the point across. Understand something. It is not about Peter. It is about the revelation that Peter had. So understand this, brother and sister. It is not about, oh, Jesus, that Holy Father or anything else or any person that is there that you want to put the idea on. You cannot come to a place that you put your, your, this is the messianic hat of the church right here on this preacher or this person or anything else. It is not that. What it is is this. It's Jesus saying, what do you think about me? And when Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, he says, yes, you have had a revelation that the Spirit of God has given you, and on this rock of revelation, I will build my church. Realize now, brother and sister, that what God wants to build in you, He built in Peter. What God wants to build in you, He built in the Apostle Paul. What God built in you, He built in John the Beloved. What He wants to build in you is part of the church of Jesus Christ. And if He built it in John, if He built it in Paul, if He built it in Philip, if He built it in Peter, He wants to build it in you this morning. Just stop right there and just say this, brother and sister. Why in the heck are you putting limitations on what God can do in your life? 
Well, dear God, I've had this habit for 14 years. Well, guess what? Understand something. The Lord says this. Don't you know I'm bigger than that? Yes. Yes. I've had this. I, you know, I met, met somebody. He's, he's German. And he has an attitude and an anger problem. And he would always say this. It's just a German in me. Just a German in me. It's a German in me. He'd get mad, and that was his excuse. It's a German in me. Poof. Sorry, it's a German in me, but I love the Lord. <laughs> Understand something, brother and sister. For years, he used that as nothing more than a crutch for his anger issue. But there came a moment whenever the Lord said this, it's time to deal with it. And in the midst of dealing with it, brother and sister, what began to happen is this. He began to find out God is greater. God is bigger. God is bigger than the German in me. And because God is bigger, guess what? I can be different in the name of Jesus. Woo, Lord have mercy. Let me tell you something, brothers, and there's something powerful about that revelation. And getting that revelation inside of you because it changes you from the inside and out. Hear me, brothers and sisters. Do not limit God in what God can do for you. Do not give an excuse of what God can be able to do in your life because it's always been that way. Well, my mom has always been that way. Guess what? She needs a revelation of Jesus Christ. Who can give her that revelation? You can this morning. Ooh, Lord have mercy this morning. God wants to build a church in you. He wants to build something in you. Why in the world do we come to a place that we always just bear down and say, well, we've never done that before. Or, oh, you know, it's always been this way. God is bigger. And the moment that you give in to all that nagging is really what the enemy is doing, trying to slow you down from being what God wants you to be. Doing nothing more than just trying to claw at you and slow you down. But what does he say? In verse 18, He will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My Lord, have mercy. Let me say that again. He is going to be... Woo, Lord, have mercy. He says this, On this rock of confession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Realize this, he never said this, there would be no conflict. He said there would never be a fight, no. But he says that they would not prevail against it. What does the word prevail mean? It means to be or to prove superior in power, strength, or influence. Let me say that again. Prevail is, to, is defined to be or to prove superior power, or influence. You're following the Lord. And all of a sudden, the enemy, you're just following the Lord, and the enemy's just messing with you. You can't do that. 
You can't do that. You know, it's always been that way. It's always been that way. Don't just, 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 just go on and just accept it. Accept it. Accept it that you're a punk. Accept it that you've always been this way. Accept it that you've had anger issues. Accept it that you're, that you laugh too much. Accept it. Accept it. Accept it. But understand something. All of a sudden, there will come a moment whenever the enemy has slowed you down enough that he can be able to get and set a trap for you, where he begins to stop that momentum. And all of a sudden, you have pressure that the Lord is saying, go on, you can do it. And all of a sudden, now the enemy is saying, no, you can't. No, you can't. Understand something. The church, you will find yourself here. If you haven't found yourself here, then, let me tell you, then you just haven't been around long enough. Because you will. You will find yourself in this place where that tug of war is hitting and you feel where God is saying, go on, go on, go on. But you feel the enemy saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. But prevail means this. It is to be or to prove that there's infinite strength. And understand something, whenever the enemy comes to try to be able to overcome and to be able to stop the momentum that is being produced, realize this. The Word of God tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, look at this. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, driving forward in us, then who can be against us? Look at 8 verse 37 in Romans chapter 8. Listen to what it says. Yet in all these things, we are made more than conquer. Oh, geez. Let me look at that. Hold on just a second. Look at that. We are what? We are more than conquerors. We're in a position that no matter what the enemy wants to do in our lives, he can't be able to stop us. Why? Because, brother and sister, the force behind him is greater than what the enemy can be able to muster against it. First John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world this morning. Realize, brother and sister, the enemy can be nothing more than a speed bump in your life. My God, give the Lord a hand clap of praise this building. Thank you, Brother Nate. Thank you, Glenn. Understand something, Brother Sister. The enemy can press against you. But understand this. It will never be able to be a point that he can prove to be overwhelming to us if we will just allow God to move through us because he is for us. Pushing forward in us. Moving us forward. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And I love this passage of Scripture because, understand this, it's just a statement of fact. He doesn't have any, you know, at the end of all these car commercials. Like, talking as fast as you can. Except for if you have a blue car, red car, orange car, yellow car. The only thing that this applies to is if it's a pink and purple polka dotted car. Come on down to the car lot. 
$10,000 off any vehicle. Come on down at the end. They're going, although this, this message exempts all cars that were not damaged in the hailstorm. And I go, when you get down there, like going, but hey, that, that car's got, it's beat up all around it. I wanted this car. Doesn't apply. Doesn't apply. You will never find any kind of exemption in the middle of that. If you are a child of God, if you are somebody that is part of the church of Jesus Christ, that has had the revelation of who God is, realize this, brother and sister, greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world this morning. So act like it in Jesus' name. Tell you something, brother and sister. God is greater than anything that we can be able to go. Hell cannot be able to produce the amount of force that is necessary to overwhelm the power of God and the force of God that is moving you forward. The only thing that we have to do is come to this position that we say, God, go on and push in me. I will push with you and we will overcome where the enemy is trying to be able to destroy us. Where we get into problems, we say, Lord, I just give up. Stop pushing. Many times we just trade partners. It's too hard. Too hard. Oh, it's hard. If caught, it's too much for me. But realize this. Do you realize something? The moment that you say, I'm done you fall right back in the very chains and the very situation and the very junk and the very bondage and the very burdens and the whole, all the weight of sin and all the weight of all this junk that's been on you for so long. And the Lord Jesus just say, come on with me. You can be more than what you ever thought. You can be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. You can walk as you never walked before. Yes, it may be uncomfortable in this moment, but you are an overcomer. And you can be what God has called you to be. This morning, can I just take another moment? Can I take another moment? If you allow just take two or three more minutes. Somebody say, yes, Pastor. I'll give you two or three more minutes. Two, three, four, five. Oh, man, I got 20 minutes. Praise God. I had all that together. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to show you something very, very quickly. I ain't got time to be able to go through it, but I want to share something with you. I want you to take your Bible, look at Acts chapter 8. I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to write a few things down for a moment. Because I don't have time to get into it. But I want to share this with you. I got so blessed going through the life of Paul. How he came from Saul to Paul the Apostle. It's powerful. I ain't got time to, to share with you. I could take the rest of the day talking about this. But praise God I'm not. Listen to what he says in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, we find Saul, who would eventually be Paul, giving consent to the death of a, the, the deacon of the first church, Stephen. He stood over and consented. 
He stood over and many said that he advised that he was one of the leaders of this group of persecuting the church. In Acts chapter 9, he's on his way to Damascus. Why? Because the church had scattered in Jerusalem. He couldn't find them as easily. He heard they had gone to Damascus. So what is he doing? He's going after the church and he's on his way to Damascus. But while he's on his way to Damascus, the Bible says that the, the Lord showed up in resurrected glory. Knocked Paul off of his high horse. Put him on the ground. He was blinded by the very glory of the Lord. And the Lord says, I am the one that you've been persecuting. Now, I ain't got time. I, the Lord helps me one, one of these days. I'm going to talk about how you can be, just like Paul, so convinced but yet so far. Because it's not about your religion, it's about your relationship. Paul was religious, and he was as lost as lost can be, but he found a relationship with the Lord. And when he found that relationship with the Lord, all of a sudden things began to change in his life. The Lord started talking to him. They took him to a street called Straight there on the outskirts of Damascus. And while he was there, the Bible says this, that the Lord began to tell him, a man called Ananias is coming to your house. He's going to be able to lay hands on you. You will be healed, and I will do something in your life. Guess what happens? Ananias shows up, puts his hand on, the, on, on that individual, on, on Saul. Saul, immediately the blindness is cured from his eyes. He can see. He's baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the first thing he does is start preaching. And realize what begins to happen. The moment he begins to preach, man, the saints are edified. And the Jews get mad. The Jewish leaders get mad. He, in his very first evangelical outreach, he gets chased out of town. Goes to Jerusalem. Everybody's scared to death of him. Eventually, he makes his way to bar all the way. And once again, he gets chased out of Jerusalem. And he has to go to Tarsus. And there in Acts chapter 11, Barnabas is sent to Antioch, a church that is just exploding. Antioch there, Barnabas says this, there's a man that is perfect for this place of ministry. What does he do? He goes to Tarsus and brings Saul to help him pastor this church. Let me tell you something. Let me just share this with you. I'm going to begin to talk a little bit about what I'm going to talk about next week. But understand this, no matter how broken that you feel, no matter how completely abused that you feel, because I'm sure Paul was like, nobody wants me. Churches don't want me. They don't want me. Here I am, Damascus, they didn't want me. Jerusalem, they didn't want me. Instead, he goes and he meets with the Lord. And the Lord begins to, begins to teach him. He faced all kinds of opposition just right out of the gate. But he goes and what happens? In Antioch, the church explodes. In Acts chapter 11, they find, man, the church is exploding. God is doing things. All the way in Acts chapter 13, we then pick up where Barnabas and, the, and, and Saul and the entire church is praying. And when the entire church is praying, guess what happens? The Lord says this, Separate me Saul and Barnabas for the ministry that I'm about to send them into. 
all of a sudden, Saul, Barnabas, raised up. And they began the very first missionary outreach. You begin to read and you begin to see what begins to happen. In Acts 13, they begin their trip. Look at what begins to happen. Let me just touch on this. Here in chapter 13, verse 1, listen to what the Word of God says. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is also called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mananaean, who had also been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and with Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit says, Now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I have called them. Brother and sister, understand something. The moment that they came into a place that God began to, they began to pour out and began to come to a place that God began to work in them, that God began to work in them, all of a sudden the Lord said this, Now separate them. I have something for them to do. And from that moment on, they began to be used of God. They began to travel. Brother and sister, let me just share this with you because this always amazes me. And I haven't got time for it, and I'm going to pick up here next week as we begin to talk. But understand this, in Acts chapter 13 through 19, as Saul becomes and he begins to embark on this missionary, evangelistic spreading of the gospel trip, He's not only preaching the Word of God, but he is seeing miracles. He is seeing stuff happen that is just amazing. He is seeing believers spring up from Jewish to Gentiles. People everywhere are receiving the Word of God, accepting Jesus as their personal Savior. He's then establishing churches all over the place. And in every church and in every place he went to, Somebody got aggravated at him. And somebody railed against him. To a point that every place he went went to, they would chase him out of town. He would leave an established church, but he got chased out of town. Even to a point, guess what? They took him to to a hill, threw him off, stoned him. The disciples, all the church people, came out of town and began to follow after him. And guess what happens? The Spirit of God moves on Saul and Saul raises up, dusts himself off, says it's time to go to the next town. Never not one time did he go, <laughs> they stoned me. <laughs> Somebody called Barnabas and had me come over here. Just, 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 I need encouragement. Not one time. Why? Because Paul understood something. There will be opposition. But you know what? In every case, when someone would try to knock him down, Spirit of God would come upon him and he would raise right back up and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can I be able to show you something, brothers? I, I, listen to this. Listen to this. I, I'll talk to you next week. Understand this this morning. God so wants 
to put something in you and to work in you and move you forward in such a way that when opposition comes, that you are not overwhelmed by it, but you're able to stand in the midst of it and realize that the God that called you and the God that saved you is the God that's big enough to keep you. He is able this morning. This morning, every single one of us, God wants to do something in our lives. He wants to push us forward to a point that we can be, man, that we can exceed every expectation that we ever thought that God had for us. He wants to do something in you that is beyond your expectations. He wants to do something in your life. But understand this. That road will not be without opposition. There will be moments of opposition. But blessed be the name of the Lord. That what He has started in you, He will complete it. Thank God for Philippians 1 and verse 6. That that which He started in you, He will complete in you. Thank God this morning. In Christ, I can do all things through Him that strengthens me. Your opposition does not have to keep you from being what God has called you to be. It may make it rough for a season, but you are an overcomer. And God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus. Dear God, Lord, it's easy to be able to get in a position at times of places, Lord, whenever opposition arises in our lives. And dear Lord, we come to those places and it takes us aback. Sometimes it comes, Lord, and it's difficult to overcome. Sometimes it's difficult, Lord. But dear God, this morning, there is momentum over every opposition, over every attack of the enemy, through everything that is going on in our lives. Lord Jesus, let this be our cry. Lord Jesus, let me move forward and let every power and attack of the enemy be put under my feet. In the name of Jesus. Under my feet. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God. Look here this morning. Joshua, chapter 1. Here, listen to what he says in verse 5 as Joshua is getting ready to come 
and to go against the enemy, the Lord has called him to something. And the Lord is preparing Joshua to face adversity and opposition. Listen what he says in verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage in verse 6. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. And then sister, understand this, my friends. Verse 3, he states this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given it to you. As I said to Moses. Understand this this morning. There will be moments when you're going to have to walk. There will be moments whenever there's going to be a fight. But your momentum does not have to stop. Because the Lord says this, if you will just walk with me, every place that you set your foot on, it's going to be yours. Does that mean that I'm not going to have force that's being pushed against me? But what that means is this, I don't have to stop. Brother and sister, this morning, God wants to work something in you. Don't allow opposition to keep you from where God wants you to be. God is bigger. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, encouragement, and I pray strength across this body. I know, Lord, that there are some that have been working, and dear God, and, and dealing with issues, and going through problems and circumstances, but in the name of Jesus, I pray, dear God, Lord, the encouraging Word of God comes and lifts them up, I pray. I pray in the name of Jesus. Speak, O Lord. Let us hear you, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus. I pray right now, mighty God. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor Tim, I am a child of God. But I have come up against opposition. Come up against opposition. Stuff going on in my life. But I'm ready to move forward in Jesus' name. I'm ready to move forward. I'm not going to allow the enemy to prevail against me. I'm going to walk forward in Jesus' name. If that's you here, I want you to just stand your feet across this building. Come on right now, just stand your feet. It's okay to be able to say, I have opposition. You know why? Because if you don't have an opposition, that means the devil's not after you. That means you're not a child of God. It's okay to be able to say it in seasons of your life. I got stuff going on. Because the devil don't want you to be free. He don't want you to be whole. He doesn't want you in those places. He wants you in a place. 
If you're one of those blessed folks right now that says, Pastor Tim, right now, whoo, I'm a moving on in Jesus' name. I've had opposition, but right now, this is a nice, smooth road. And I'm just a moving, and God is working. Those are days that, man, you got to love. When you're driving the interstate of God's presence, and you're like, "Woo, thank you, Jesus. But then there will come those moments, like on I-40, that everything backs up. And you're like, what in the world? This morning, this is what I want us to do. You're here and you say, Pastor Tim, I got some stuff. I've raised my hand and said, yes, I've stood up and said, I got some stuff. This is what I want to ask you to do this morning. Just a moment. I I tell you, this may sound crazy to you, but that's okay. Because the Lord just kind of breathed this in my spirit just a moment ago. I just want to do this. I want to follow the presence of the leading of the Lord. This morning, I want you to recognize God is the one that's pushing, working in you. The enemy is pressing against you. You have to be the one that decides where I'm going to walk. Forward or backwards. The Lord says you can have wherever your foot treads. So either I'm moving backwards and saying, okay, or either I'm going to move forward. This is what we're about to do. I'm about to pray, and we're, what we're going to do is this. You're, I'm going to allow you to have your own prayer meeting for just a few moments this morning. Because what we're going to do is this. We're going to come, and we're just going to call the Lord, and we're just going to talk, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to say, Lord Jesus, this is our stuff. This is our battles. This is what's going on in my life. This is where I'm at, Lord Jesus. This is the opposition. You know what I want you to do? I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just step out from where you are, and I want you to start walking. I want you to start just saying, I I realize that this is stuff. I know that I'm sick, but blessed be the name of Jesus. I'm going to walk. I will not allow this to be able to be. Oh, Jesus. I want you to begin to just begin to walk and to take complete dominion over that thing in your life. If God be for you, who can be against you this morning? This morning we're just going to walk, and we're just going to walk around this church, and this is what we're going to do. This walking just means this, that if it's my financial issues, bless God, I'm going to walk, and I'm going to say every place I walk, I'm going to get used to walking when I walk into my factory, when I walk into Walmart, when I walk into my job, when I walk in the get by God, I'm going to walk in the blessing of the Lord. I'm going to walk in it. This morning, we're just going to pray, and we're going to call out to the Lord, and we're going to walk in Jesus' name. We're just going to walk, and we're going to pray for just a moment. Amen? Come on. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we're about to do this right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, this may sound crazy in some people's, dear God, in, in their experience. This may sound completely nuts. But in the name of Jesus, right now, Father, you know the issues in every life. But in the name of Jesus, you want forward movement in our life. And for too long, we've allowed the enemy to dominate us and lie to us. But in the name of Jesus, we're going to walk in Jesus' name and be what you've called us to be. In the name of Jesus, right now, Almighty God, we step out and we walk 
over this thing in the name of Jesus. Come on right now. Just step out. Come on and walk in Jesus' name. Come on and just walk it. Just walk it in the name of Jesus. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on and just walk it. Come on and cry out to the Lord. Come on and just talk. My Jesus. Dear God, I'm taking authority over this thing in my life. In the name of Jesus, dear God, my feet may hurt, but in the name of Jesus, dear God, I declare in the name of Jesus, healing in the name of Jesus. I know, dear God.